Welcome to Plato's Gravity. This is Aaron. And the podcast is going to be about 30 seconds shorter today because we're not going to listen to Jason not say his name because he is unfortunately not here with us. So uh, who is here with us is uh, Jen Romanizak Kant. I said it wrong. It's Jen Romanizak Kant, not like the philosopher. We uh, first heard about Jen uh, because she was on a podcast I listened to and her uh, Twitter handle is at Ales underscore force or at Ales force because she brews beer and works for Salesforce. Jen, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Also, I want to clarify, I don't work for Salesforce, I work with Salesforce. Uh, that's a silly mistake I made, but it's really good to let you clarify it. Thank you. Yes, you work in the Salesforce ecosystem. So I, I have, the first question I want to ask you, it's about how we connected, which is over your Twitter handle, because it was so easy to remember when you were on that uh, podcast for the admins podcast uh, for yes. like two seconds. I was like, oh, I can, I can remember that and I can connect <laughs> with this person. This is the perfect person for our show. I like Salesforce and I like people who make beer. How mad are you that the person who has at Alesforce, no underscore, has zero followers, is following zero people and has never tweeted? Mad. I wouldn't say mad. I wouldn't say frustrated. I would say they're wasting an opportunity. But I also find if I pause to say underscore, people listen more, right? Okay. All right. Because they know that they have to get it right. It's so like, I forget who you had on the other dude from Milwaukee. It was like the underscore Duke underscore of yeah. underscore taste or I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember what the rest of it was, I, but I remembered that it was the Duke of something, right? Yeah. It'll like, be in the show. It's cause I can't remember it either. <laughs> yeah. Tasteability, drinkability. Yeah. The Duke of drinkability. Yeah. Uh, Jason Alexander. Yeah. Jordan. No, that, Jordan. Jordan okay. Alexander. Yeah. 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 He was, he was pretty, he was pretty fun. That was, that was nice. So nice to the Sparge episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then he also he was he uh he drinks a lot of beer, which is nice. <laughs> he does. I liked. He had some local shout outs. He didn't hit all my favorites, but you know. So what? Does. So let's talk about it. first. We uh, we start every show with a beer uh, that we drink together. The beer we're drinking together is called uh, Bell's. Uh, it's Bell's Porter. It's the robust porter. Um, it's quite good. I've had several of them. Uh, not today. Just one today. Um, but I bought a six pack, and I didn't wait for the show to have some. So. No, should we tell them that I stood you up at least twice? Uh, exactly twice, exactly <laughs> twice. So I drank some of the Bell's Porter, one of the Bell's Porter I had the day we were first supposed to record. Um, but Jen is in, in high demand. She's a very, she's a very <laughs> sought after guest, and so sometimes you know our lowly podcast we have to wait, uh, we have to wait our turn. So she's. <laughs> we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Right, <laughs> fantastic. So, uh, Jen, why did you choose Bell's Porter for the show? Mm. So I think part of um, uh, my beer journey, as we'll call it, um, has to do with like really discovering different styles and discovering what, um, you know, you tie styles and tastes to different things, right? Like they say taste and smell are like the most visceral with bringing back a moment, like chocolate chip cookies, great grandma. Um, But for me, um, like porters represent like the last sort of period of my life, because five years ago, I would have told you, like, I don't want porters. I don't want stouts. Like, just no, not on my table. And then we got a dog and he is black and white and we decided to call him Porter. So I was like, okay, we got to start drinking porters. So now I've like trained myself to appreciate porters and love them, but I don't like stouts. They're just like too chewy and heavy and stuff. So I tend towards these, like what I think are lighter porters. Like it's drinkable. Like, right. You said like, you can have a couple, like this isn't one I'm chewing on it and I'm going to be done. Like I could, I could drink like three of these and feel pretty good. Yeah. It's a quaffable porter. 
Yeah. Um, and I feel like this one, this one especially doesn't have like a, a, a crushing flavor uh, in it. Absolutely. Right. And that's, we have one of our signature beers that we brew as a home brewer um, is a porter. And I feel like it's very similar to this. So, all right. So uh, when you, when you put that recipe together, is that to have like how many, if it's your signature, how many times have you brewed it? We, let's see, we've, under 10 times, right? Under 10 times. Okay. You know, we're, That's still a lot. We're, home, we're homebrewers. We're not trying to be anything other than homebrewers. And I say we, we is me and my sous brewer who is just a kettle scrubber of nice. my husband. Like I made him brew a beer once just so he could also understand why I get so pissed off sometimes when I'm brewing. So but, why do you get pissed off when you're brewing? Uh, I'm, I'm easily frustrated when things don't go right, um, but I've learned um, to to not quite be so much. So people who have brewing software and things like that, like I'm lucky if I remember to pull out a notebook and make notes anymore. Okay. Um, it's much more of an art form to me than a science, which I love science and I love that part of it. And that's a large part of what originally brought me to home brewing was like, oh, there's so many awesome variables I can I can maneuver but it's also something that fits into my lifestyle now. Like I have a 17 month old, right. you know, I have a job and a family and I'm arranging a move of my house right now. And this is still like a hobby I can still do. Um, it just means I can't hit on a style necessarily. Like right. I can't, my threshold for success has to be much lower than if I was mass producing something. Um, so it's, it, it, I don't get as frustrated anymore. Um, like one year we, we used to host an annual new year's party and we were doing two beers for it. And, um, we had just started doing like yeast preparation where you get your yeast going the day before. Right. Um, and I was doing one beer one night and then the next night I was going to do the other one. So I had the yeast started on like a Tuesday and I was brewing on a Wednesday and I was going to brew on a Thursday. So I started my Thursday beer yeast on Wednesday. It was cold because I live in Wisconsin and it's freaking cold in the winter. Right. So it was cold. I was outside brewing. Things were not going as quickly as I wanted. It was a work night and I dumped my, uh, American ale yeast into a wheat beer. Oh, And then I I ended up having to put my wheat yeast into the American ale and we ended up with these two, like, I'm like, well, I'm going to serve them, whatever. Right. So, like, the one ended up tasting like tangerines. Right. The, I imagine and- that the, the wheat yeast in the American in the American ale was, was probably the, the more weird one, right? Yeah. we. So, I, part of the fun of brewing for me is, like, naming the beers. So, we called it Obscene Tangerine. Cause nice. Because it's like tangerines. And I was like, all right, whatever. Nobody needs to know. And if they do they're still impressed that we just made freaking 10 gallons of beer. Right. Right. Well, I think that's the, well, no one, no one, no one who's a friend of mine has ever told me I make bad beer, but I've, I've made bad beer. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I went to a, I don't know if this has been on the show before. So for the listeners, I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but I made some beer, uh, this past fall, it was a porter, and it's a recipe. It's my favorite recipe. It's my Dolce de Leche porter, and I just wasn't on that brew day, and it just wasn't good. So I took a bunch of it to a Christmas party, and a couple people, they were like, man, this is the best beer ever. And I got them each to take a six-pack home, and I was really happy because I don't like to dump beer. <laughs> right, yeah. So I've only ever dumped one. All right, tell the story. All right, um, so I started brewing in New York. Okay. And... Um, 
the it was one of my first couple batches and it was the recipe it wasn't my recipe it was from like a kit okay um the recipe was for a saison oh, okay and i did not have air conditioning and it was summer all right so nice um, warm fermented saison Yes, and it's very exciting to brew. I don't know if you've ever brewed in like a really tiny apartment where like my bedroom was the size of a closet. So I had the my fermenting was taking place like on top of our washing machine. Okay. Which is really exciting that we had a washing machine in an apartment in New York. That is, that that seems unheard of, right? Right. But like, because it was the only thing like closet that closed. So it was going to be light protected and I had like a towel wrapped around it. But sure. it was still like getting moved around all the time and it was hot. And the thing like, I, I suppose I could have just like kept pushing and then I would have called it a sour instead. Right. But like it was, it was not drinkable. Too it was much. so bad. Yeah. yeah. I'm at so, gosh, that's really interesting. I like I've never made a saison or or anything that has any kind of funk or free fermentation type things because I'm just afraid. But I'm trying to like get my mind around it because like I'm starting to drink those beers more. Um, like I just tonight before we came on, I had a table from Central State who we just interviewed last week, and it's a it's a it's a French uh, French style ale and it's really funky and i'm really trying to like wrap my mind around around that bit yeah it there's definitely like i I was gonna say it's an acquired taste but then like a lot of people just randomly like oh what is this beer oh it's super sour beer turns out i like that like my dad is very like give me an amber give me a brown ale you know and i put a i put this sour from local brewery raised grain in front of him and he's like this is fantastic. Like, right. and then I was like, you should probably just drink one, but you know, yeah, whatever. It's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> yeah. My wife likes, I, I like the sour beers that taste funky, but I can't deal when they're like super low acidic and the pH and makes you pucker. It's too much, too much no. for me. So, um, so you used to or not drink like grape soda, whatever the thing that makes <laughs> me think of grape soda, grape soda. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I'll have to look it up. No. It'll, it might be in the show. It's if I decide to do it a good job. Like the flavor wheel somewhere. We'll find it. Yeah. It'll be good stuff. If you send it to me, I'll put it in the shows or <laughs> I, I can figure it out. So, um, so before you had a dog named Porter, which adorably drew you to drink porters, uh, what was your, what was your beer? Um, I drank a lot of red ales, which is very like, it's kind of like boring middle of the line, but they're drinkable and you can drink a lot of them. And I would be lying if I didn't say when I want to drink beer, I want to drink a lot of them. Like that's kind of my culture, you know, where I come from and grew up on Miller light, like mother's milk, like my close intimate family of 45 can go through five cases of beer and Christmas. Like the the Costco size cases, like Like the the 30, the 36 packs or yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's, you know, it's impressive. So it's just, quantity thing for me right and then right about when i started um on like getting into beer was when we hit the first wave of like the ipa craze right in the mid early 2000s and um that so just naturally i was getting exposed to a lot of those and i was in new york at the time so um, I was drinking like a lot of Magic Hat and then a lot of like Dogfish Head. And Dogfish Head's big thing is like the 60 minute and the yeah. 90 minute and the 120. And I'm like, what did these numbers mean? And that kind of like also helped draw me into the brewing process. Right. I was like, 
the variable thing again, right? It's like, this is the exact same beer and all they did was change like the time length and it came up with these totally different tastes and, you know, that was just so fascinating to me. So Magic Hat number right nine, there. by the way, was my go-to for a long time. Oh was- yeah, because it's like, I'm not going to drink that Bud Light. I've got this fancy craft beer. Magic Hat number nine. You know what? I haven't had one in a long time. I think you've inspired. I'm going to have to go get a Magic Hat number nine. I don't even think we've talked about it on the show because it's like, it was like before I started making beer that I was drinking Magic Hat number nine a lot. Have you ever been out to their brewery? I have not. So for our first anniversary, my sister-in-law decided to get married three days after. I love you, Emily. But so we had to spend our first anniversary in Vermont, which we didn't know anything in Vermont, but we're like, okay, well, this was an important brewery to me, and I've never made it. So we turned it into kind of like a pilgrimage, nice. and they have an amazing brewery. It like I've been on a lot of brewery tours. It is real, real cool, because they've been around a long time, and they're a huge part of the community, and they're in like Burlington, Vermont, um, which is like heady toppers up there, but there's right. like tons of cider. Cider is king up there. Um but they've been a big part of like helping create the culture. So they've got like all these parade floats. It's like Mardi Gras, but in Vermont. So those are like all around the brew house. Um, and my favorite thing, they have like this film about like the brewing process. Cause they don't want to pay some dude to talk about like, what are the four ingredients of beer? Right. Which is every single tour ever. So they curated this film of um, like it's old animation style of the beer ingredients. And so it's like hoppy, and uh like yeasty and barley or whatever but i'm like man if i ever got a beer tattoo i'm finding the artist who animated that thing and being hot tattooed on me i will find you a link to put in the shows of a youtube of this video because it's amazing it's the best explanation i've ever seen but you're, you're you're also an artist and a sculptor and magic hat is known for like just tremendous and fun art on their bottles Heck yeah, yeah. So when I was out in New York, I was out there studying, um, well, studying and then taking part in public art and um, trying to cut my teeth as a sculptor and just get immersed out there. Um, so that, yeah, it was a big part of that. I was very super in tune to anybody who's putting extra creativity into something where I didn't see it happening, right. um, which is probably what drew me to Magic Hat was literally like my same now philosophy on wine, which is like, ooh, that's pretty. Like, <laughs> that was pretty like let me pick it up and read more about it but um yeah like magic hat um i think they were like a pioneer in in the east coast area and then of course like what dogfish head is doing like sam i can never sam remember to, yeah like that guy is insane but some really cool innovative crap that he comes up with i read something about him that it was like um like he just kind of comes in and he's like i had an idea in the middle of the night okay make it happen goodbye like i i imagine he's really fun to work for <laughs> like oh yeah you can do this it's great it's either fun or like the worst right <laughs> right well i imagine so so you work we'll talk just a little bit about your work because you work in the salesforce ecosystem so i imagine there's people who think they know everything that it can do and they just come in and ask you to do amazing things like that may or may not be possible. Is this, does this ring a bell? You feel like you work for, are there any Sam Calgiones in your life? <laughs> um, I feel like, um, it, it's more that people come in and they say, we, um, we are having a problem. Okay. Let's come up with an analogy here. Right. All right. I like so, analogies. 
they've they've got a bar and they i i, I fix bars whatever that is sure uh, restaurant rescue but for bars got it um, so they come in and they say my bar is broken um i i can only carry miller light and bud light and Coors light and i think it has to do with the wall color and then I can come in and say, well, okay, the problem is you only have three tap lines. Right. And they haven't been cleaned in four years. So let's set you up with 12 tap lines. I'm going to introduce you to this distributor over here who's a cool guy and has got some really great ideas. But I already and- hired a painter. Well, you know what? I can work with the painter. <laughs> I'll end up hiring him for my team. <laughs> That's right. Teaching him, uh, you know, more skills. Um, but, you know, the... Yeah, it's people tend to think too small. I think. Right. Going to talk about work. <laughs> well, we just just like I like it's really so. My wife um, does uh, similar work, and then when 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 I work, so in my like personal work, I do some like fun technology things for people that I work with, and they're like, "Oh, that's magic!" And I always think that's really fun. Like that's a really big compliment to me. And then when people tell my wife that her work is magic, she's like, "No, no, 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 it's work." I still get a kick out of it. Yeah, I you're still like, enjoy you feel it, like yeah. you feel like it's still magic. I appreciate I, that yeah. I took a side street into the work into the work and they used a beer analogy. I really appreciate that. That was that was really solid. I got your back. Yeah. <laughs> Can you talk about? Oh, you're opening another beer. I am. Yeah. Is I okay? no. Put you on. I don't care. Um, I, I have a lunch bag full of them. <laughs> oh, is it another Bell's Porter or what else are you drinking? It's not. So I did a Bell a, a build a six pack. Okay. Nice. Uh, and before we got on the phone, because I was making notes about what I wanted to talk about. Okay. And getting like really nostalgic. And then I went and built the six pack. All right. So before we even got on the call, I drank a resin, six point resin. Okay. Nice. Um, which um, I didn't remember was quite as high ABV as it was. Oh, so it all right. Yeah. Um, and, then was, and then I'm trying to decide now. Well, you can decide. I'll let you decide. All right. I've got Oso Night Train, which is another porter. Okay. I've got Central Water Mud Puppy Porter. Central Water now, Mud Puppy Porter. I'm just really hoping you don't say the beer that's in the uh, in the game later. Okay. Well, all right. You haven't said it. It's fine. Okay. Good. And these are both um, – Oso's out of Wisconsin, right? Yeah. There's a freaking Wisconsin in their logo. Yeah. They're both out of Wisconsin. And then a third uh, Wisconsin here – which is Tiranina, and this is actually an IPA. So I think you should keep the Porta Train going, and you get to pick right. between the two. All right, all right. I'm yeah. gonna go Night Train then. Night Train. Yeah, but I I I built the uh, so it was like New York and then Michigan. I didn't ever live in Michigan, but we moved that direction. So and now three Wisconsin ones. <laughs> fantastic. It's a geographical right. lesson. So exactly. talk, story talk, of my life. Talk about your your. We talked a little bit, and then we we moved away from it. Your uh, your work as a sculptor and that that kind of part of your creativeness. Can you talk about that? How how that kind of plays with your brewing? Yeah, absolutely. So the thing that um, when I went into college, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but um, I'm a maker. Um, okay. I'm always been a maker. That's sort of something I get from both my parents, but a lot from my dad. And so I knew whatever I was going to do, it was always going to be creative. So I went into school as a double major. I applied as a double major and got in, um, originally applying just for ministry. Um, and then also, uh, I realized it was such a small school that if I double majored in art, I could probably get a scholarship in art. 
Nice. And then they assigned me an advisor in the art department and like things got lost in the paperwork. And by the time I actually started college, it was just art. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so it was sort of like, okay, well, whatever I do, I'm going to need my creative skills. And that'll be that. School ended up being kind of um, a that particular school ended up being a, a little bit of a bad choice for me. And um, I ended up graduating in three years just to get out. Okay. Um, but I did spend one semester in New York. So I was only two and a half years at that school. And then the one semester in New York, which sort of sent me back there for the art. But um, the big approach I've always had in my art is finding the tools for the thing I want to make. So people talk about, well, I'm a painter, I'm a photographer. And for me, it's much more about um, let me find as many ways to do something as I can and then choose what the best one is. Okay. And that skill has led directly into my brewing, I think. Um, I'm, I'm much more about the, the story of a beer and what a beer can facilitate than the science of it at this point in my life. Um, I, I, if I am brewing something for an event, right? You guys have said in the show a lot, like your favorite thing to do with beer is to give it away. I love giving um, people beer, especially if it's yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely. And to like share it with people. And um, so like, I'll often like brew, brew a keg for an event for the family or things like that. And I think, sort of about that event and who's going to be drinking it. And then I kind of work back from there to decide what I'm actually going to brew. And that's the same approach I had to my art. Like what are the tools I have that can fulfill this purpose, can fulfill this piece that I want to do. So you mentioned that you have a family that can kill seven Costco cases of Miller high life or Miller light. I I might've inflated the number uh, (laughs) over Christmas. Um, So, can you talk about how like that might like like if that's your audience like are you brew like what's the beer you're brewing for your Miller Lite family drinkers? Oh, Spotted Cow clones. Oh, okay, nice, that, nice. That, so, like, yeah. If I'm going to brew one keg, it's going to be a Spotted Cow clone. All right. If I'm going to brew two, then I get to get creative. But um, Spotted Cow. So my whole family uh, is in Chicago. I grew up in Chicago and then I moved to Milwaukee area. So I don't know. Um, new Glarus makes spotted cow and they don't sell it outside of Wisconsin. So when it was this thing, like I had moved back to the Midwest, but I wasn't in Illinois, I was able to tempt them into traveling to visit me and people would always come up and they would always order spotted cow. And then they would always stop at the Woodman's grocery store on the way home, like on 94, and buy themselves discount cases of Spotted Cow. Nice. So then it became this thing of like of my husband, like anytime we were going to a family thing, he's like, we got to get Spotted Cows. Because like then he was associated with it and then they liked him about it. And like it was like his and good. In, yeah. Right. Um, so we would always, you know, bring that down and, um, you know, just kind of went from there at Spotted Cow and New Glarus is, has a special place in our hearts. It's actually where we got engaged. So, Oh, that's awesome. At yeah. New Glarus? Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, we, uh, we were thought we were invited to like a wedding on July 3rd. So we both took off work and we'd never ended up getting invited. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then we, uh, I was like, well, you've never been out there. Like, let's go on a trip. And, um, so we tried to go fishing and the water was so high that year. We didn't make it. Um, and then we were going to go to Minhas. Oh, actually that's, the, I'm drinking out of a Minhas glass. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, 
Do you know Minhas? I do not know Minhas. I do. Know, I did know New Glarus before, but I, I haven't heard of Minhas. All right, I'll, we'll come back to Minhas. Yeah, Minhas. All, All right, right. But, it's noted. Right. Um, let me throw as many names out there so you have to research them to put them in. Yeah, you know, um, I, you might have noticed I stopped doing that. Oh, really? I did. I, it was yeah. like a couple weeks ago, and it was like stop doing the podcast or stop doing the show notes. So so good, and I was like, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do one or the other. You gotta get a bot, voice recognition bot. Yeah, J- Jason can make a bot. That's his job. Right. Yeah. Jason, you hear that? When yeah. You edit this? Yeah, Jason, yeah. we need a bot to do the shows. <laughs> but yeah, so we went to Minhas, and then like it was kind of getting late in the day. I was like, "Well, I, we shouldn't rush because my husband gets stressed when we rush anywhere." I was like, "We shouldn't right. rush Blairs because they're going to get closing soon, and we might not make it there in time." He's like, "No, we have to go." And I'm like, "I planned this whole freaking day." And you're going to now put your foot down and say, like, no, we have to go there. And I was just, like, getting so mad. And I was, like, trying to eat him crackers because I thought he was getting hangry. And, like, but, like, he was, like, no, that was that was my trick was, like, I let you plan it all so you would be surprised. And I'm, like, oh, okay, sure. Right. right. Story of our marriage now. But, no, I love him. It's that's, great. That's really fun. Like, I, I wonder, like, how many people have, like, their engagement plans almost kibosh because, like, the, you know, it's a surprise. So then like things are, so my wife actually canceled her engagement as well. Um, I was planning, I had like a thing set up where I was like going to have a waiter bring her a thing and all these things. And then we were going to go to the restaurant. She's like, you know, I really don't want to eat there tonight. And I was just like, ah, and I was like, well, let's do it anyway. And she was like, no, I don't want to go there. So I just, we, we punted and I ended up, it, it was a really fun night at the end of the night. Um, I ended up proposing on a carriage downtown in Indianapolis, like a horse-drawn carriage. So it was way better. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, New Glarus is awesome. So, um, had you guys what did that have like significance for you guys before he proposed there? Or? Well, it was so tied to my family by that point. Sure. Of like, we when we go to see my family, we bring spotted cow, and um, my family is such a huge part of my life. Um, and my my beer journey, my but journey, I don't know. There's got to be journey. A- Jason, <laughs> J- this is Jason's job to come up with words like this. Uh, uh, alcohol story, but jur- beer journey, beer journey, beer, beer path, path, beer, path, path. Um, I think we need, I think beer is the wrong word. I think we a- need AB voyage, AB voyage. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's good stuff, Jason. We miss you, Jason. We miss you. So, uh, talk about your <laughs> talk about your brew ambassador. Who got you into brewing? Who got me into brewing? I did. Oh, that's awesome. I did. Yeah. Um, so when I was in New York, um, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Okay. And I moved to New York, and I, as well as being a person who makes things, I'm a person who just likes to do what no one is doing. Sure. So I moved to the biggest city in the country lived in the tiniest apartment ever and decided I was going to learn to can jam. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and not the Frisbee game. Like I wanted to right. learn. By the way, that is an like, amazing Frisbee game. Can jam will be in the show. It's, it is awesome. Absolutely. They make a mini desktop version. I, well. it's, I, I'm too rough. I can't, I'm not permitted to play that indoors. <laughs> so we, do you play beer and hand rules? Uh, no, we have beer holders. Oh, you gotta play beer in hand. What is, what is this? You you have to hold a beer in your non dominant hand. I like, di- like I will dive to knock the frisbee in. Yeah, well, you better not spill your beer. <laughs> this is really difficult. Anyway, I, I might try it like that. You got we, a ha- we have like the little beer steaks, like that has like a yeah. 
No, Milwaukee beer in hand. You be- can't leave that steak. Your child will come drink it. All right. Ah, uh-huh. that's right. Um, so I decided I was going to learn to can um, jam. And that sort of set me on this path of like, what else can I make for myself in the most inconvenient manner? Um, because I could go to the bodega and get like a six pack of Magic Hat and like a six pack of like. Yeah, whatever. Just, All like, these good the stuff. Corner store that is literally a three minute walk from from my house. I don't have to cross any streets other than like passing the protesters outside the abortion clinic. Like it's just like right nice. there. Nice. Um, but no, I have to make it for myself because that's me. Like I have to figure out how it happens because if the zombie apocalypse happens, I'm your girl. And and, and you're gonna need beer. We're gonna need beer. We're gonna need uh, jam, obviously, sugar content. But so I anyway, yeah, I decided I was going to learn to make beer and um, I was in a really crappy relationship, but the dude bought me a starter kit um, for my birthday one year for my 24th birthday. Nice. And um, I, yeah, I made my first beer. It was like Red Beard's Red Ale. And that was um, out of the, the kit came from Brooklyn Brew Shop, which now does not have a retail, I don't think. Okay. Um, But they were like the first small brew homebrew shop, home brew shop in, in New York. In, yeah. In Brooklyn. Um, at the time they were like in Guanas and, um, just really cool people doing some really good work. Like I say that, like they're running like a nonprofit, like they're doing good work. Oh, they're they're doing putting, God's work. Yeah. They're right. But, they're, <laughs> they're putting grains <laughs> and hops in the hands of people who make good things with it. Yes. Um, they are one of like the pioneers of like the one gallon kits. Okay. And I think that that's what they they really um, they cut shut down their retail because then they're selling like the one gallon kits to like Northern Brewer might have carried them for a while oh, before they right. did their own and like things like that. But um, you know they were the ones out there sawing so they're more down back on the supplier system. side. Yeah, so they're doing that now, which is really cool. I think there's like a thirty under thirty on them video. Oh, nice, nice. So was that your was that your journey? Did you start with one gallon kits because you're in that small apartment, or were you doing? I didn't know. Um, go big or go home. I started right. with five. Nice. Yeah. So <laughs> I imagine, like, can you talk about the challenges of brewing in that small space? Heck yeah! Uh, electric stove. Okay. Um, and then uh, trying to cool is yeah, the biggest. It's the worst. Like the chilling is the worst, and. Um, a lot of it was just kind of like, just sit and pray that nothing falls in your beer okay, and let it cool on its own. And that's probably foundational to like kind of my attitude now. Like I got a lot of gear. I have more gear than I need, Um, but like, I'm also like, "Eh, it's okay. If it goes wrong, it goes wrong. And we make another batch. Exactly. And I turned Italian about it for some reason, but you know, like, (laughs) Whatever, it's okay. Um, you know, because it, it, the, there's only so much you can tr- control. Right. And I'm a controlling person, and that's a part of my nature that I need to fight. So brewing and giving up on precision at this point in my life anyway is an exercise in releasing control. You know what I hear helps with releasing control? Drinking more? Beer. Beer. So you, have to, you need to... You know, let, let go a little bit. So keep talking. So I think that's right. that, that's interesting because I think a lot of people kind of will start this hobby and they'll get really into it, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh my gosh, there's so many things I need to control," and then it's like full stop. I can't, I can't do all this. So can you talk about the yeah. journey from like, "Oh my gosh, if I don't hit my standard gravity," or "Oh my gosh, if I don't get exactly five gallons," like, 
what was the first thing? What was the first like big thing to fall? Uh, I think trying to hit gravity markers. Right. I honestly like I've always struggled like when I'm doing kits and things like that, mm-hmm. or even just like other people's recipes, hitting what they think the OG should be. Right. And I phrase it like that on purpose because you know what? Like I hit my OG and that's mine. It's going to be fine. So F you. Um, But I think that was a big part of it. And if you think about the precision of that measurement, right? So if you're using the hydrometer, you're giving up how much beer to do that measurement because you really shouldn't throw that back in. Right. Contaminated it. Yeah. If you if you care, right? Well, I mean, you can sanitize the hydrometer and you can sanitize the thing, but then who's doing right. that, right? Yeah, exactly, you can sanitize right? your graduated cylinder. Yeah. But I don't so throw it back in. I, I sanitize both those things because I'm a little bit insane and I don't throw that beer back in. Okay. So that's where I started. And then I started reading about, okay, well, the temperature of the beer matters too. Right. And that can change your original gravity. Mm-hmm. So now I got a cool my sample to a particular temperature. And then when I resample it, I have to make sure it's at the same temperature. And then we got, um, at some point we got the brexometer. What's it called? The refractometer. Yeah. That thing. Yeah. That is awesome. It's amazing. uh, But then I'm like, okay, the conversion rates, depending on whose table you look at, are all over the place. Right. And different. we talk about temperature. And it, so it's, it's just automatic like, temperature correcting. Oh, okay. That's Maybe what it says. It's what it says, mine, ATC. Mine was the $10 one off Amazon. Well, mine was the, mine was too, but like, actually they, they, they almost autocorrect because it's such a small amount of liquid. It cools to room temperature incredibly yeah. quickly. That's true. Um, um, but yeah, it's just sort of, there's so many variables in that one tiny piece, right? Right. Um, I, okay. I really like to cook. Okay. But I do not like to bake. Oh, cause baking is the worst. <laughs> right. I'll eat baked goods. Right. But, um, for me, it like, once you know the foundationals of what you're cooking, like the fun part of it is like, you know what? Last time I had one clove of garlic and this time I want two cloves of garlic. Or like, you know what, I don't have olive oil, but I think butter can work instead. So I'm going to melt down some butter. And that's kind of where I'm at in my brewing right now. Um, it's not about baking where you have, like, you can't just be like, oh, I don't have baking soda, so I'm going to use baking powder. Or like, uh, it needed salt, but I'm just going to put sugar in because they're both white crystals. Nice. Right? <laughs> like, you can't, you can't do that. That and would be bad. Like, Right. My nature is not to bake. My nature is to cook. And that's kind of where my beer is. It's like, you know, I've got when we finally move into our new house, my first batch is going to be a kitchen sink, whatever. Nice. And it's going to be way too oaked because I've got a bag of oak chips that have been sitting around for two years. Just waiting for beer to get on them. Yeah. And I got them in a secret Santa of some sort. I'm like, great. I hate oak chips. (laughs) You got you got oak chips in a secret Santa. Yeah. What? What? Yeah, from from someone from Indianapolis. Oh, like, all right. The only thing she knew about me was uh, that I homebrewed. So I think she probably Googled and was like, "Here's a pack of oak chips." And so many different things. She should have listened to our Christmas episode. What to get? Yes, I would have got homebrews. a lot of books. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. So we're gonna take a little quick break here. So. What's interesting is I still can't make a recipe. Like if I don't have beer smith, I don't have a recipe. I can't do it. I can't I can't do I can't roll like you roll. So 
Uh, right after the break, I'm going to ask you to teach me to make a recipe like an artist and not like a scientist, and then we'll kind of roll on Welcome back to the show. My name, my name is Aaron. Uh, we're back on the show uh, with Jen Romanizak Kant. I said yep. it right. I said it right the second time, which is fantastic. So uh, before we uh, went on the break, we talked about how I am basically tied to a software that Brad Smith wrote, and Jen is not. So can you talk about? You talked a little bit about recipe creation. You talked about doing some Nuglaris, uh clones for your, for your friends, but. Let's say you have a friend who's somewhat eccentric. Like, how? Wh- where does it start and where does it end? And what are the things that you're taking into account to make sure that the beer is in the sphere that you want it to be? Right. So I, um, I never go like from scratch. Sure. I find something that looks really interesting to me. Um, my, like, my crutch is Brandy Masher Radical Brewing. Oh, I love him. Uh, such a good book. Um, amazing book that specific one because it's all like these archaic old recipes and it was the first book I picked up that didn't tell me like get five gallons of water get blah 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 it was just like here's some basic ratios and take it from there and it's it's like a challenge but he's also trusting you and like I feel like Randy really understood me at that moment right when I when you're I was speak, reading this book, you're like you're speaking you. right to me, right? Um, so there's some like really cool stuff in there, and that's where you know I was talking about that porter recipe is derived from one in there, which has like a really unique um, process of like you almost make your own malt extract with this particular recipe. Okay. Like it's I, hmm. I'm a partial mash brewer, okay. um, so I I don't have time to do all grain right now. Um, you know the kin working and all that and. Um, I have to drink, right? I need to leave right. time to drink. Um, it's so hard. Just- and when you're all grain brewing, you cannot drink at the beginning. And it, it maybe oh, some people no, can. No, no. I cannot. I have to wait till the end. Mm-hmm. And all that cleaning. I don't know. It's a lot of cleaning. Yeah. Um, so, but so the this recipe really spoke to me because it's you basically make like a really thick wort and then you boil it down to a syrup. And then you add more water and more malt into it. And it's just like such a unique, weird recipe that I was like, yeah, I can do that. Because there's so many places it could go wrong that it can only go right. (laughs) And and so that I kind of like I'll find something like that off of one of the books on my shelf. Um, I don't go online too much unless somebody has specifically asked me to brew something. Right. Um, and then, like, I'll find somebody's clone and go from there. Um, but I'll usually find a, something in one of the books I have. So, Randy Mosher, Palmer. Um, I've got – so, this dude, uh, the very first tech job I ever had, he um, he decided he – well, he didn't decide. He was getting married, and he was an older guy, and his wife was older, and they were getting married and moving into a house together. And he was like, I haven't brewed in 10 years. I'm never going to brew again, and I know you're really into this. And, you know, I was in my early 20s at the time. He's like, I want to give you all my brewing stuff. And I was like, sure, sure whatever. That's great, cool. yeah. So he gave me, um, like, a bunch of equipment, including a 50-gallon CO2 tank, that oh. had last been filled prior to my birth. Oh. Nice. <laughs> so um, like, 
I had to go get it tested. Like right? they wouldn't fill it without testing it, which only cost me like five bucks, which basically I think is they just like put as much in there as they can and say, okay, it's not going to explode and then reduce the volume. Um, but hypothetically, if I have a non-leaky uh, regulator, I should never have to fill it again. And, right. you know, until I give it to someone who was born, you know, as many years later. But um, he gave me this one book that I've done a ton from, and it's like great recipes in beer. Okay. And I think it's just all it's called. And it's like something that was made in the 80s, and I've never heard anyone else talk about it. And it's probably just like the Betty Crocker of homebrew recipe books. Hopefully um, it'll be in the show. Hopefully like, it'll be in the show. I can find it. Great right. recipes well, in beer. I- you know, that's probably not even the title of it. I'll get it to you. Right. It's at my other house. Otherwise, I'd go grab Otherwise it. Otherwise, grab it, yeah. My other house. Just so people know, I'm moving. I'm not very, very rich. Um, Yeah, that's... yeah. Uh, I thought you had three houses. Oh, well, yeah. That's no, fine. It's fine. So you... Uh, so you raised... The houseboat. The houseboat? Yeah. Which, you know, houseboats can be deceiving. Some people have houseboats, and you're down to the lakeside, and you're like, that's... It's not a house. It's uh. It's a, it's a boat with walls that make it awkward. Right. Um, so murder vessel, as I call it, a murder, a murder vessel. Jason would be so proud. I'm so sorry he's not here. He would he would have been super into that. So so you you take murder uh, vessels. Oh God, I'm glad he's not here. Right. Well, I mean, he just so we did a. I, I get you. I get you. I get you. So um so you start with these recipes that are uh that are kind of your inspiration, like what, uh, what are you doing? Like if you, if you, so you look at a recipe, it kind of inspires you. Um, what then is like your process of like making it your own? Um, so sometimes it is derivative of something else I've had before that I like. Mm-hmm. So if somebody asks me to, and somebody being someone I'm related to, so I can fuck with them, right? Because they don't. I know, exactly, I know exactly what they're asking me for, and I know exactly how much they're going to know if I hit the mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and if somebody says, "Oh, I I really like, um, you know, light pilsners," right? Okay, you want me to make Budweiser, right? right. Well, that's not happening. No, but I can find like a Kolsch, and then I can do something that I like about it, like from another Kolsch I've made before. Um, and, and I'll sort of do that or I'll supplement, just sort of experiment and find out, like I'll throw in a lot rye sometimes just cause I love rye, love that spiciness and it's really unexpected in most recipes. And, um, yeah, I'll just, so, and if I have a bunch of shit sitting around, I'll throw that in. Right? Yeah. I hope that you have some rye to put on that oak chips because rye is amazing and oak is amazing. So I think that should, uh, it should definitely be some rye in that kitchen sink beer that you're going to brew. Right. Well, then I'm gonna have to go buy some. That's kind of against. (laughs) That's against the rules for the kitchen. I don't think you're allowed to buy ingredients for the kitchen sink beer. Can I use things that I didn't originally purchase for brewing, but happen to be in my house? I think that's always okay. Okay. Yeah, like if you have rye bread. I don't. Do you have rye bread? I don't know. Uh, no. All right. So we are gonna play. We're gonna take a little diversion right now. We're gonna play a fun game. Um. Uh, we're gonna play a fun game called uh, "They Said What," which, if you have a better title for, we'd like to hear it. Uh, if you don't, that's fine. But you're familiar Say with what? "They Said What." Are you familiar with the game? Yes, I am, and All I right. have opinions about it. All right. So, do you want to give the opinions before or after we play the game? Um, after. Okay, after we play the game. All right. I shouldn't judge until I have been in their shoes. So, 
All right, that's fine. Okay, so that's that's fair. Oh, so it's gonna be okay. So, um, I I, I want to. So I I like to make the game winnable because winning is fun and it's a really f- stupidly difficult game because there's so many beers and these reviews are very little information. Uh, so I will tell you that this beer was brewed close to you. Okay. This is a a beer from your neck of the woods. Are you gonna read me all reviews that I wrote? Because that would be amazing. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think any of the reviews had your name. There was no Jen in the reviews. Um, okay. So, um, Over stiff drinks is my other... What, what is it? My my non... So you and I know each other professionally, right. Alesforce. My other handle is Over Stiff Drinks. Over Stiff Drinks. I will omit any reviews yeah. from Over Stiff Drinks. Uh, All right. But the first one is actually not from Overstiff Drinks. It is from Dennis S. I'm going to give you as much information as I can from the thing, except except I will not reveal what brewery it's from uh he is drinking this beer um he's drinking it at a bar uh camp bar third ward i don't know if you're familiar with that bar yes i have salesforce stories there oh how about it so camp bar third ward uh he's drinking it there he earned a couple badges while he drank this beer he earned the cheers to independent u.s craft breweries level nine badge he earned the brewery pioneer level eight badge and he earned the to the port badge to the port badge. Can I can I ask for um, like clarifications of what those badges mean? I, I don't know what they mean. They oh. just they're just on there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you have to be yeah. So for future players of the game, you if you want to memorize the badges, okay. yeah, yeah. If you want to memorize, it. so he rated it three point eight units of measurement. I don't know what they look like little gold things. I don't know what they are. They're not really stars. And he had it on draft. Okay. He says about it, nice to have a beer, not in the middle of a snowstorm. Nice to have a beer, not in the middle of a snowstorm. That was uh, the, the first review there. It was good. By the way, I'm not reading them in order because I, the one reading them in order didn't make sense for the show today. So I don't know if you have any thoughts about him and his snowstorm of a beer. Well, are these recent? Like, are they from today? Uh, they're not from today. So, it turns oh, out yeah. uh, on Untapped, a lot of people I have don't. A terrible snowstorm right now. That's what I was like. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot of people don't uh, review the beers on Untapped. Like, they just review the beers without putting comments. So, I'm only looking for things with comments because gotcha. super uninteresting. Um, so, uh, Lewis L is really going to help you out. Uh, he doesn't say where he's drinking the beer. So, uh, he does give it a three and a half. Um, he drank it out of a can. Uh, so that gives you, it's available on draft. It's available in cans. He earned the cheers to the independent U S craft breweries level 71 badge. I think that what tells us is that Lewis drinks a lot. Uh, I think you already knew this was a craft beer, so maybe there's nothing else there for you. Uh, he says nice roasted malt aroma and flavor with a hint of sweet cocoa. Now keep in mind the people don't always know what the hell they're talking about on untapped, <laughs> but is that the, that's not no. a hint by the way. I, he may no. be right. He may be dead on. Is that the City Lights Coconut Porter? The City Lights Coconut Porter is not the beer. That is, uh, that is, that seems like a good guess. I think you're in the, uh, am I? yeah, you're, you're in the, you're in the neighborhood of, in terms of style. So, so it's in Stinky Menominee Valley. Oh, okay. Uh, not the, I don't know the neighborhood. No, I'm, I'm, that's not my, uh, there's been an influx of recent craft breweries in Menominee Valley, which, um, is really cool because there's a lot of industrial space that needs to be reclaimed. Okay, but it's extremely stinky down there. Oh, that's it's not all vacated by industry, and like so, it used to be like a lot of tanneries and meat things and fish stuff. So it's like now you've got breweries and tanneries and and then the casinos down there too. So anything like cigarette smoke, 
Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. So the Albany Valley City Lights. So the mash, the mash, the mash doesn't overpower. That's what you really want is you want the mash to overpower. Uh, so Paul G is our last guy. Uh, uh, he's drinking this at the Fire Pit Sports Bar and Grill. I don't know where that's at. Mm, uh, he uh, he's drinking it on draft. He earned the big game on the big screen badge. Don't know if that's helping you. He did like it though. He was really having a good time at the Fire Pit Sports Bar and Grill. He gave it four and a half units, uh, and he says, "Like this beer more every time I have one!" Exclamation point. So those are our three folks. I have a ringer clue. I have a ringer clue if you because uh, I like when people win. So uh, let me know if you need the ringer clue or if you have any guesses before the ringer clue. Can I ask for a clue? Uh, yeah, you can ask for. I mean, yeah, there's, there's no rules of this game really. So I feel like I'm more I'm more likely to be able to tell you the brewery, the okay. name of the beer. Okay. I don't know if there's a way for you to tell me the name of the beer and not tell me the brewery, but I'm like kind of thinking Good City or Third Space. Mm. Third and Space. And King either is that maybe right? You one of the two that you said was right. I was I uh, was good. <laughs> That's good. Well, you said third. You said third space. Yeah. I'm going I'm, third space. I'm very bad. At, I'm very bad as a host of the game. So yes, third space brewing. Uh, any, wait, any? Wait, hold on. Re- reread the clues. Uh, <laughs> I have to scroll to reread the clues. You just want in, the in a sentence. In, and, in a uh, sentence. So um, it's really nice to have this beer, not in a snowstorm. Okay. Fantastic. Um, I like this better every time I have it. And great roasty flavor, quite good, which may or may not be the clue I read. Actually, that's not. But it does have a great roasty flavor. Oh, nice roasted malt aroma and flavor with a hint of sweet cocoa. I believe Louis L. said this, yes. Happy Place? Happy Place is not it. I'm going to go ahead and give you – so I'm going yeah. to give you the ringer clue. There's a, there's a, a person on here who, gave, who, who nearly gave it away, so I had to skip their comment. Uh, we'll see if it helps. Uh, it's really good. Not too coffee. Oh, this is Mike K. By the way, he earned the to the port level six badge. He drank it in a can. He purchased it at Auto's Beverage Center, and he says it's really good. Not too coffee. Not too mocha. Mocha Java. Mocha Java is the name of the beer. Yeah, it's Mocha Java by Third Space Brewing. I um. So I didn't tell you that about my porter love. I hate chocolatey and coffee beers. So you hate everything about Mocha Java. <laughs> also everything about porters right like and also everything about stouts like an oatmeal raisin i love an oatmeal raisin cookie i don't want an oatmeal raisin like beer but it's i was afraid it was going to be so they've got a a beer that's like attack of the clansmen or right no it's called unite the clans and it's i think it's a scotch ale yeah no but like scotch ales anything smoky it's just like nope nope don't even put it near me i i will drink whiskey Till the cows come home, but scotch, nope. No, so no, no smoky, no. no. So, so if you want, you want your smoky beverages distilled, not brewed. No, I don't want any smoky beverages. Oh, so I want to eat bacon. Like, (laughs) my bacon. I want to eat bacon. I want whiskey with a side of bacon. I don't want a scotch. So no, like Roush beer or anything like this for you, where you're doing okay, okay. And I generally like I'll drink anything, but the smoky stuff I just can't do, and um, it's damaging to my family because that's what everyone else loves. But oh, it's because they'll all split a bottle of scotch, and I'm nursing the same bottle of Makers for like three years. <laughs> I so my one of my former bosses uh, was a Scotch drinker, and he drank Chivas Regal, was just like 
when he's not buying better yeah. scotch, scotch. Yeah. And it's very peaty and very smoky. Like it was very, and I, I learned to love it because I, you know, we had, we had lots of, you it's know, crossed. Yeah. He's my boss. We came to lots of great decisions over over the Chivas Regal. Uh, yeah, you uh, going a, about your past life. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Yeah, I used to work for the church, and my boss was a priest, and he drank Chivas Regal, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a good times. It was good. Time. We didn't actually have meetings over the Chivas Regal. It was it was it's fine. So, uh, feedback for the game. Feedback for the game. Let's get back on topic here. So, you have feedback uh, yeah, for the yeah, game. Yeah. They said what yeah, is the game? Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, beer tends to sometimes, uh, like beer enthusiasts, sometimes are like the same jerks who are the, well, I was listening to Radiohead before it was cool, dudes. Mm. I feel like you know what I'm saying. And I don't get musical references, but I think okay, I got so it. I, I think I, I got oh, it. I know about it before it was cool. Yeah, I know about hipsters. Yeah, and I feel like when I've heard other people play this game, it's been a lot of like making fun of the untapped like people. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And, and I feel like, well, that's really unfair because they're showing up and they're drinking a beer and they're sharing something with you, or they're doing like tracking their own stats on this free platform and you're gonna go and like rip them a new one because you don't think they were cool enough and they didn't know like that the original record like the band was called the smashing pumpkins and now it's just smashing pumpkins like Mm, i see how you dropped in some stuff there like you kind of did the thing you were criticizing there (laughs) yeah yeah it's just like i don't know i don't like that yeah when i i i get that and i also feel like I haven't listened back to those back episodes, but I'm sure that I'm guilty of of this type of tomfoolery, mostly because I'm talking into a microphone and I don't have to see anybody's face when I do it. And this is just part of like the internet and the problems of the internet. Um, oh yeah, I like mean, where it's you not can like, like it's criticize people. Guided. Yeah, well, and I think the, but I I think it also it also for for me at least like it it, it almost it's it's. And this is just like hmm, a little bit deeper. Like it's really less about the person on Untapped, and it's more about me trying to win a game and feeling insecure about the fact that I don't know the answer to the game. So what am I gonna do? I just criticize the person who wrote the thing that's keeping me from guessing. So sometimes it's like all meta like that, and it's like, oh gosh, this is a well, deeper I don't thing. Know if that's meta. That's your own insecurity. Don't turn it into something meta. Turn it into yeah. Why don't you grapple with your insecurity? And then bring that back to the table and teach so many more people about what a better person you are now that you are willing to accept the Budweiser drinker and the Coors drinker. Because you know what beer I drink more than anything else is Miller Lite. Yeah. Because I can drink. We talked about my volume. Like I can drink a fucking, sorry, F-bombs. I can drink a six pack of Miller Lite before dinner and not feel it. And it's because it tastes good and it's not going to fill me up like a, you know, breakfast stout from founders. So, right. I, well, I, I feel like I like am, if I'm in a calm and collected spot, I want people to drink what they like. And I don't, I have things that I like to drink and they're different than things that people like to drink. And like, yeah, drink what the hell you want. I'm not going to be a judgmental or whatever. But then sometimes if you get, if you catch me in like a, um, like a real selfish place, I'll be like, Oh, fuck, why are you going to drink that shit or whatever? Like, and I like, it, it's tough because, right. 
because then you don't realize how like you don't know who's listening to you and you know, I'm recording this and putting it onto the world. So it's, 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 it, well, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a personal challenge in like a lot of things, right? We always have to be cognizant of, we don't exist in a vacuum right? and we're not just our own opinions and people are going to hear what you have to say and like it or not, they're going to take what you say and they're going to match themselves up against it subconsciously or consciously and they're going to make a judgment about themselves and i think anytime you take a public platform you have to be cognizant of that and be aware of it and you know i I, it's not like you guys have been like um i don't i don't not like bringing this as like you guys are a bunch of like assholes and what do you do like it was just like oh that's something i noticed like oh you got a little bit of a frat boy culture there going huh yeah we try like we try to we try to avoid it but even like but but a really good and i I've only actually heard it on like the people who are like super, super industry professionals that you've had on, which like, it's really fun to have them, but like, they're also like in that every day. And I'm sure it's like, it's hard for them because like you said, it's a defense mechanism almost of like, it legitimizes me as a professional to be able to say that this person is silly. Right. They don't they don't know what they're talking about when they say this beer is citrusy. They hit it because it was a little flag shaped marker on untapped and it said, Did you mean to say this beer was citrusy? And like, yeah, I did mean to say that. And untapped usually knows about the beers beforehand anyway, but I think but even like on our last episode, which I don't think it's not published yet, so uh, you, you wouldn't have heard it. Like Jason mentioned No, no, I wouldn't have Yeah, Jason Jason mentioned it. Jason mentioned that we made a strawberry lager together, and he said to our guest, um, uh, who I could talk to all day, um, and everyone should. Um, He'd but never get anything done. I would. I would never get. He would never get anything done. I would never get anything yeah. done. But it was. It was. It was really fun. But Jason was like, "Oh yeah, we made the strawberry lager, and Aaron didn't really like it, and so I felt uncomfortable drinking it around him." And I'm like, "Oh, that, that's," and like I had to like take ownership that I did that. Even though I wasn't intending, like, I was like, drink whatever the fuck you want around me. I don't care what you drink. I'm not going to, like, so, but, like, and I, I well, come I from that, but, like, you know, yeah. I, I want to be not that. Yeah, it, there's, like, there's a line between being passionate about something and being an asshole about something. Right. And we all have to figure out where, where the line is. And I'm guilty of that, too. Like, maybe not necessarily in beer, but in certainly many, many other things. Right. Because I'm an asshole. You know, like that's <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite like Twitter interactions on the show was someone who asked me about glassware, and I was like, "Oh, well, if you're gonna ask me about glassware, like you need to drink your glassware in, you need to drink your most of your beer in a tulip glass so they can come to the nose and give you things." And I'm gonna be like a snob, about, but honestly, if you're gonna drink the beer, I don't give a shit what you drink it in. But right, but you drink if, a beer. If you're gonna ask me how to drink, how I want to drink a beer, I want a fancy glass. Speaking of fancy glasses, there's a brewery on the fancy glass that you're drinking out of. <laughs> Right. Okay. So that's fantastic. <laughs> well done. Wait. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you ruin when you clap for the segue. It ruins the segue. No. No. <laughs> it was so good. Jason can exo- can adjust the, uh, he can, the limits on that. He can figure it out. All right. right. So I'm holding this up to the camera. Only you can see it. Yes. But. It is the Minhas Craft Brewery. It is a it is a Pilsner glass. Yeah. Mm, it's sure. not really a pilsner. Yeah, I don't. It's the shape of a glass. It's a. It's flared out, and it says "damn good yeah. beer" on the other side. "Damn good beer" in quotation marks. So Do they mean it's Minhas. Minhas Brewery is. Uh, it is in the south central part of the state of Wisconsin. Minhas is the distinction of, along with I'm sure other breweries, 
has the claim to the oldest brewery in Wisconsin, oldest oh. operational brewery. And like in Wisconsin, this is a for those who don't know, in Wisconsin, this is a big damn deal, right? Like this and is a beer it, state. It may it may be in the Midwest, and it may be in the top five in the country, right? I don't quite remember, but so operational being key because it's changed hands a lot, a lot of times, right? Um, so I visited this brewery. I've only been there once, and we went. On the way to New Glarus, which is a little bit more well known, um, which is makes Spotted Cow, which right. we talked about. <laughs> um, but Minhas, um, they so it, within the image on their logo, there's like this lighthouse or watchtower or whatever it is, and it's a tiny little town, and that's the tallest building in the town, and it's all built on a hill, and. This brewery has been operational long enough that during the prohibition they kept they made soda, okay. which is why they get the operational claim. So they made soda, and they had a dude that would hang out up there. And then when he saw like people coming into town that were potentially coming to bust the alcohol operations, he would ring his bell from this watchtower. And then they have all these tunnels under the brewery. Um, where they would then get rid of the beer and pull out the soda kegs. Wow. And yeah, and it's a, it's one of the coolest brewery tours because it's an operational brewery that is not using refrigeration to keep a lot of their lagers cold. Like oh. they still just like, wow. It, and it's not, they're not preserving it in any museum sense. It just still fucking works. That's like, <laughs> like it's just really cool. Like, like it's they're legit the... lagering in caves yeah, in the middle it, of Wisconsin. It, and it's they're not even caves though they're like they were built and plastered and they just stay cold enough okay um it's just a really cool environment lots of cool folks they mostly do contract brewing now okay um so if you've ever had um like are they a thing outside of the the midwest well you're in the midwest but like the rhinelander um like little bombers they're kind of like the size of mickey's do you know mickey's yeah um, okay, so they're like Mickey's, but they're called Rhinelander, and they're like, you know higher grade Mickey's. They're still malt beverage, but they make those out of there, and they make a bunch of different contract brews, um, which are startups in the state around here. Um, but so they're still operational, is the thing. So they've stayed operational, and then they were bought, I think, in the past ten years by this family from Canada that had a bunch of liquor stores. Okay. And they had a bunch of crappy like spirits and beers they were bringing in, and they they're first generation um, Canadian from India, and they were like, "Well, all this stuff sucks, so why don't we just get our why don't we just get our own distillery and brewery?" Um, so they bought it, and you know they're still doing the contract brewing, but then they have their own line of like rail spirits and stuff. So there's like a um, like a tasting room and then there's like a distillery room tasting room across the street where like it's like it's rail but like when's the last time you went to a rail grade tasting room like um, that's that's the american dream never right? never <laughs> i i feel like this place is a place that now is on my bucket list <laughs> oh yeah and and then you'll fi- you'll never find your way out of the town cuz it's it's not laid out very well it's made out like a like a, it's a casino town yeah, just as just as long as you're not trying to um, go to get engaged at another brewery, you should probably be fine. <laughs> so this is the pre-New Glarus engagement stop. Yes, yeah. So we stopped there, and I, um, you know, I I had planned the whole weekend and uh, or the whole day because we. 
we didn't have anything to do. So my, my, yeah, boyfriend at the time, obviously, um, I was like, hey, why don't we do this? You've never been there. It's, I really like it. It's a really cool place, New Glarus. And then we'll go fishing on the way, which I like to do. And nice. so then, like, we couldn't find a dock and we couldn't find an open bait shop. And it, it was just like insane because we're in Wisconsin, right? You can't find a bait shop and you can't find a dock in Wisconsin. And I'm like, okay, we found a place to randomly pick strawberries, like, and you know, pay by the pint, pick your own sort of thing. And, uh, and then we went to this Minhas and then he started getting like, kind of like real pissy. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like maybe he's hungry. So he had I was like, plans. To, yeah. I was like trying to force feed him crackers and shit. Cause I was like, and then he, he's the kind of guy who gets like upset when we're trying to rush somewhere. Um, and I also get upset because then I'm like, why the fuck are you taking so long? So, um, you know, we're just like, oh, well, maybe we don't have to go to New Glarus. You know, it's fine. We can just like hang out here for. I was like, no, we have to go. And I'm like, okay. You're like, this is not. <laughs> this is not what I expected. Oh, you have a plan. You're gonna. Oh, we're gonna be engaged. Oh, I'm so sorry. Right, so, so we get there and like we're walking around. And since when I had been there, um, I don't know if any of your listeners have been to the New Glarus brewery, but it's really beautiful and it's on the top of a hill. Um, in farm country and what they've done since in between the first time I went. And then like when I went, when we got engaged, um, they built up kind of like this. So they had like a little bit of a steampunk feel where you could like rinse glasses and things like that out on their patio. But they built out like this, like Abbey ruins sort of things. Almost like if you were going to be drinking a bunch of like Belgian beers, it'd be a great place to drink them. Okay. But like, there's all these like weird little towers you can climb around in and, um, you know, a great place to like take your kids, I guess. I don't know. Mine's not old enough yet, but, um, so like we got there and we're like, Oh, this is beautiful. It's like so much more beautiful than like, than you, what I remember. You need, to retake, you need to retake the pictures is what you need to do. Right, right, exactly. And so then we were walking around, and then I was like, oh, like I tried to force feed him crackers, like gluten free wheat thins one more time. And then I was like, oh, I think I know what's going on. <laughs> and then it happened. And then it happened, and then the it, rest. It happened. The oh rest, my God. The, the rest is history. Yes. Uh, so we are, we are coming up. This has been a lot of fun. So thank you, uh, Jen, for, for coming on the show and talking about, about beer and talking about how, uh, you make beer, but you don't take it too seriously, but it still supplies amazingness for your friends and family, which is awesome. It does. It does. Uh, thank you for letting me know a little more about the Wisconsin brewing culture because these are things I have learned and now I've added to my bucket list. We appreciate that. I want to thank our listeners for listening to the show. We apologize profusely for not having a Jason's off-the-wall question. He will ask a question off-the-wall. At some. I, I apologize to you, Jen. Those are really fun. I think uh, – I'm sorry that you've missed out on the opportunity. Um, Can I ask you one? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. Um, what is your favorite spice to put into scrambled eggs? Um, so when I make scrambled eggs, for the most part, I, I'm a super lazy cook. So what I do is I put the, the eggs in the pan. I basically am stirring them at, in the pan. I don't like put them in a glass and stir them beforehand, even though that makes better scrambled eggs. Ugh. So I typically eat – unstir. Uns- so I – yeah. I know, if, if my wife is home, I'll, I'll actually do it correctly because otherwise she'll judge me in her heart and I'll feel it. Um, a but woman it, after my own heart. Yeah. She'll, I, I, she can just control it and it's fine. But So if she's home also, then I will put smoked paprika in the, in the scrambled eggs and smoked paprika is amazing. 
Oh yeah. But I don't I have I go through a lot of smoked paprika, but I've never put it in the scrambled eggs. I should try that then. Yeah, Kelly puts smoked paprika in everything and it's it's amazing. So yeah, you should what, who do you get the smoked paprika from? So we have a local grocery store that's basically just owned by Meyer called Fresh Time where we buy all of our spices loose. Oh, okay. We've got one of those um, next to the place where I bought the beer we're drinking tonight. Oh, nice. Yeah, Fresh Time's good um, You should try the Penzi's smoked paprika. Penzi's smoked paprika. It is my secret ingredient for um, creating amazing ribs in half an hour. All right. That's amazing. Ribs in half an hour is definitely great. Penzies is going to now be in the shows. That's going to be that's going to be really fun. Really quick, fun side story before I end the show about Fresh Time. The first time I went to Fresh Time, I was in fact looking for Fresh Time, and they did not have it, which was really, which was really weird uh, and ridiculous. So. Um, sorry, fresh time, you guys. You guys should ring the bell. So, thank you, Jen, uh, for being on the show. If you want to reach out to Jen, you can find her um, at Ales Force with an underscore in between Ales and Force. Or if you want to talk to her about beer, you can find her at. Oh, um, I forget I don't know. what you said. What's your, what's your beer handle? Oh, over stiff drinks. Over over stiff drinks. You can find her at over stiff drinks. You have yeah, it on like just, just find me on Twitter and I'll tell you where we're better off interacting. Fan, you know. She'll she'll let you know where to reach out to her. So I'll put I can put some of that in the in the shows. Uh, if you want to reach out to Jason or I and ask us questions or give us feedback or criticize our game, you can do so uh, at podcast. At, she didn't actually criticize the game. It's not fair. But at podcast hey, at playdosegravity nobody, nobody ever got better from people giving them applause. Hey, absolutely. We we like criticism. That's what we say. Uh, at Plato's Gravity on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, on Tap, other places as well. Thank you all so much uh, for listening to the show. We want you uh, to have a great time, and we will see you next time on Plato's Gravity. In the meantime, do some beer for your friends and have some fun.